Minus three is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook. You bet you get with Caesar's rewards. Must be 21 or older. Minus three. With Dave Damashek. Hi and hello, sports fans. Welcome to a brand new episode of Minus Three at the start of a brand new sports week. Happy Shecker season to all. Yes, I've decided to start it a little early this year. We usually wait for the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. I'm in high spirits, though. The Pitt Panthers are back on track. They're bowl eligible. The Pittsburgh Steelers are in the win column. The Penguins aren't absolute direct. So I'm feeling pretty good about it. And you know what? My disposition is all the sunnier as we bring in here, ready to break down the weekend of pro football and college football action. Mixed uh, mixed bag there for our guest here. One of our all-time favorite guests here on Minus 3, and in fact, a occasional co-host on Minus 3. He also is the star of Jeff Schwartz is Smarter Than You. Make sure you track down all his great work over there at FS1 and Fox Sports. It's Jeff Schwartz. What's the poop, fella? I'm just celebrating the Chiefs being on top of AFC Conference after Week Ten. You know, just uh, it's weird how that works. It's weird how that works, Dave. You know, you lose a, a one wide receiver and you get a bunch of other good players, and you can still coach and play football. It's weird. Don't, it's weird how that works. I, I mean, I know you you're taking a sarcastic tone. First of all, condolences on your Ducks. I mean, I I, I'm watched, not trying to dig, but I'm pushing back. I, I, I don't just mean to watched, push back on your Chiefs because we'll get into that in a second. When I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong. Like Jerry Orbach at the end of Dirty Dancing, I was wrong about the Chiefs and the Chargers. As you know, I broke up with the Chargers, though, a couple of weeks ago. We'll get into them, but let's talk about the Oregon Ducks. I just watched a fourth down play that um, a running back slipped on. And, oh, boy, we uh, – we should have hit should have hit ahead our head on the goalpost. Like we had a touchdown run, it was blocked poorly. Um, I've never so I've done my Pato radio show now for four years. I've never had to do it after Oregon lost to Washington, so it's going to be a tough one today to do my show. For those who don't get like Oregon and Washington are bigger rivals than Oregon, Oregon State, or Washington, and Washington. Like we hate each other. There's a, right. a deep seated passion for that. Um, so man, that stunk. I, I didn't look, I didn't think we were a playoff team to start the season. So obviously a run kind of to that point has been surprising. Um, I thought we'd lose to Utah this weekend, not Washington. So it kind of stinks to lose to your rival, uh, like that. Oh man. All right. Well, was I mean, everybody look. up late? I, I I don't know if it counts as being up late. My, uh, the, the game uh, started three hour seven. difference here. Yeah. So, but if anybody missed the end of the Oregon Washington game, Michael Penix came on, he overcame that terrible interception in the end zone. I thought the game was over. I thought your team was going to survive this one and really present as an ongoing great option for the final four here. Yeah. And Michael Penix throws the ball across the field, up the sideline for a touchdown bad by Oregon to allow that touchdown bad by the refs though. I thought that your guy, your wide receiver, makes yeah. a, a a dynamic play along the sideline, and they call. They say he stepped out of bounds. There's no evidence no. to support or betray the call on the field. Yeah. But I thought that stunk. How say? I mean, obviously you didn't like it well, as an Oregon supporter, but I thought well, that call stunk and maybe impacts who who winds up in this final four. Yeah, look, I I have a firm rule where I don't blame officials for losses, um, and there's plenty of the reasons why Oregon lost that game. Um, you know, you talk about that long drive that ended in a field goal. It was a 20-play drive, went 91 yards. 
our center um, who's playing through a bad shoulder peck ends up hurting it on that drive. Next play, bad snap. Like it just, you know, just like weird stuff happened on that drive to end that drive. Um, and yeah, look, it's interesting in the booth, Brock Hewer was doing the game. He's a Husky. Like he hates Oregon too. Um, and even he mentioned like, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, like play like that. I kind of want more evidence that this is like the guy was out of bounds. I mean, his, his heel was off the ground. It was only that his ball of his foot had to be out of bounds. And I don't think we saw that. And we also didn't have any cameras to say we didn't have it. And the ref who made the call was like 25 yards away. So look, it's not why we lost, um, but now, and this is the thing with officiating is that it it always leads to the what if, right? And like, so you have this great game where both teams played well, both teams had bad turnovers, both teams couldn't play defense. And then it's like, whoa, 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 what if? Instead of just kind of celebrating the good game it was, we're what ifing the end uh, of a game. So uh, look, it's not why Oregon lost. Um, it's a bummer, man. Like, Losing to Washington stinks, uh, and even I, you know, I never lost them when I played at Oregon. We, we we won twelve in a row. Forgive my ignorance, by the way. You mentioned it before the game, and I support where you're where, where you came down on this thing. Shame the devil who who let the Huskies wear all purple in Oregon. That was yeah. a, uh, I I didn't care for that choice either. That was I think we that went was all sh- yellow, so they went all purple. But you know, Oregon Oregon State have been doing the yellow orange thing more. I think longer than yeah. USC have been doing the which is this weekend by the way the most beautiful uniform matchup. Thank you, sir, for making this happen. Is this weekend UCLA USC? Um, it's happened on on Saturday night. So, um. My greatest achievement, along with getting Wade Phillips to dress like his old man, Bum Phillips. And uh, And, and pissed off my brother before a football game. Three great accomplishments um, that you have done. So, uh, yeah, no, it uh, it uh, it wasn't great. But look, um, year one of Dan Lanning has been a success. Recruiting is going great. Uh, the best player on defense, on our bad defense, is the guy, the only guy that he brought in. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I think I, I didn't bring you on here to shill for for the Ducks program. I, I that, that's fine. What I'm curious about is though, USC. Is there a path there now? Yes. USC beats UCLA. UCLA now with two losses. Is there enough strength of schedule for SC if they win out here to rightly claim one of those four spots? Because I've mean, been. I've been touting your guys for the last couple of weeks here. Now that dream is over with. Yeah. I mean, they are, they, they're USC. Like right now I'm looking at, I'm going to pull this up right now just to have, just so we have this. Okay. So USC has seven PAC 12 wins this season, right? Um, Their combined record of the seven teams is 14 and 36. They've somehow only played until they play the Bruins this weekend. One of the top five teams in our conference which are, you know, USC, UCLA, Washington, Oregon, Utah. They played one of those. They're going to play another one this weekend. Um, excuse me, they only they, they played Utah and UCLA. Um, so they're going to lose this weekend. I'm telling you right now, UCLA. But if they beat UCLA and they beat Notre Dame and they beat, I think it would be Oregon or Utah at this point. Um, yeah, they'll be in at 12 and one. I just don't think they're going to do that. Um their defense is near a hundredth in the country in points per drive. Uh, they just, they can't get stops. When you can't get stops, you can't look at games and think like, we're going to win this game. Like you have to like Oregon, like this weekend, like we couldn't get stops. Like you're just kind of holding on to see who has the ball last. It's a, it's a terrible way to play football, <laughs> but you know, what's too bad. I think TCU 
I, I'm not sorry to be a cynic uh, uh, about the Horn Frogs. I think they're going to stumble. I thought Texas was going to beat them. Obviously, I was wrong about that. I, if TCU were to stumble between now and the announcement of who makes the Final Four, this is a funny year where you almost wish it was just a two-team playoff, uh, just one game, a, a one-off like we used to have. Um, because the survivor of Ohio State, Michigan versus Georgia, that's the clear cut national championship hey, game. No one really has a claim to it. Otherwise, I have I I'm fine with going to 12 teams. Like, trust me, because then obviously in my conference, I love there's still a talk about who who makes the playoff, right? And there's still talk of USC, but if, if USC loses this weekend, that's that's it, right? The Pac-12 is out where we'd still be talking about the Pac-12 making a playoff. But I'm fine. I was fine with the BCS. Like Put the two best teams in there. Like, how often is it? Are we like, well, if you look at the playoff, I think since 2014 it started, one team has won the playoff who was a three or four seed. And it was Ohio State as a four seed. Ohio State, like, come on. It's Ohio State. It's the year they beat Oregon. Like, they're Ohio State. Zeke Elliott is a running back. Pros up and down. Like, they're the four. That doesn't happen anymore. Like, Georgia's the best team. They're going to win the title again, I would imagine, unless they have a weird, weird something happens in the playoffs. Do we need a 12 team playoff to determine that? No. But but for fun, but it would but the thing about 12 team playoff is that it it makes the sport more fun, right? Teams are still playing for a playoff berth. It gives a group of five team a chance to play a big dog. We have we have playoff games on campus, which will be great. Um, and so like if you are if you're not one of the better teams in the country, I think you would rather almost play a home playoff game than get a bye. Like if you're the if you're the four seed in the playoff. Would you rather be the four seed and play like at the Citrus Bowl, then play in the Orange Bowl and get your ass by Georgia eventually, or play one home game against the 12 seed? I completely agree with you. This, 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 this it's going to be super fun. And I don't want to be such a curmudgeon that I bellyache about more football. That's all great. But there will be sameness in this rush to get rushed to it. I mean, obviously, people have been pining for decades for there to be a playoff. So we're finally going to have one. I think everybody is going to see the result. It's going to be fun, as you say, these games. But it will be closer to the product of every other sport that we obsess over. College football, what it had against everybody else was it was unique. Its structure, the 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 week-to-week nature of if you lose a game, you lose control of your destiny. You may have lost a shot at the national title. That all goes out the window now. So it's going to track closer to what we're used to seeing, and it will be fun. So I don't want to bellyache too much about that. But you, but it, there is an irony in the year that they announced the the 12 team that really three teams, if TCU runs the table, I think TCU has a claim and then Georgia. And then, like I say, the survivor of, uh, of the big 10 there. Let's talk some pro football though. Let me squeeze in a quick break here. Hey, listen up sports fan. This message is for you. Your first bet with Caesar Sportsbook and casino. It's on Caesars up to $1,250. Download the app with promo code C-Z-R-F-U-L-L and place your first bet. If you win muzzle tough. If you don't, you'll get it all back as a free bet. That first bet also gives you 1,000 tier credits and 1,000 reward credits, putting you closer to the types of perks, game tickets, experiences, and more. And because Caesar plays by the rules, here comes the lengthy, responsible gaming disclaimer. 21 and over, must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Michigan, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming, 
or our nation's capital. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, Ohio, and Utah, and other states where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start. Gambling problem? Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Virginia, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or Maryland. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or West Virginia, 1-800-GAMBLER.net. Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, D.C., Nevada, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Licensed through Horseshoe, Bossier City, and Harris, New Orleans. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. Tennessee, call or text Tennessee Redline 1-800-889-9789. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. I thought, once again, that the Chargers were going to win the AFC West. Um, I made that known over and over again to you and to anyone else within the sound of my voice. I like your Chiefs. I don't think they stink. I thought they were going to miss the playoffs this year. Now I think... The worst they can go is 13 and four, but more likely 14 and three. If you look at what they have left there. Meantime, as you know, Schwartz, I broke up with the Chargers a couple of weeks ago. It's not that I wish them ill. It was getting to be a toxic relationship for both of us. You know, it was embarrassing for me. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't at my best. They weren't at their best. I wish them nothing but the best. I just think we're better off as friends. I was glad to watch from a distance there and not be as emotionally tethered to, to the results up in San Francisco on Sunday night. But I think that, and, and by the way, you got to concede the football gods have it in for these chargers. I mean, the, the, the results yes. are in and we're in a decade ago. What gives here, but now they're plus seven at home against the chiefs. First of all, I'm sorry. I'm just blathering because I because I I want you to understand that I'm man enough to step up and okay. say I was wrong. I was wrong about, uh, uh, but a lot of people were wrong. But I was the most wrong about your Chiefs. I said that they were going to miss the playoffs. They're going to wind up with the number one seed. Is that fair to say? Now I've been I, I saying the Ravens. Would- I don't know if that's if that's if they're going to have the one seed. I mean, they they have they don't have the tiebreaker against Buffalo, so they have to stay obviously a full game ahead of Buffalo the entire rest of the way, which feels difficult just to do. I mean, Buffalo lost two straight games in kind of weird fashion. I just don't expect that to happen. 
all that much the rest of the season. I, I mean, Buffalo, I just think they're Josh Allen's kind of reverted into some weird red zone issues, which I yeah. kind of odd. But the Dolphins have the Texans still. Um, I guess the back of the schedule is not it's the Niners, Chargers, Bills, Packers, Patriots, Jets. So it's not it's a pretty hefty back of the schedule. The Chiefs actually, I think, have a pretty uh, a pretty quote unquote, easier schedule in the back oh. half. They, Oh, you breeze, man. If you take care of the Chargers, who you and I were in on this before most of the people were. Broncos, Texans, Seahawks, which is a different game now, but it's at home. Broncos, Raiders. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they could easily get the one seed here. Yeah. Oh, I think they they wind up, you know, 14 and three here. Their toughest game looming outside of the Chargers, who always are a handful for them. Yeah, they go to Cincy. And after that, I I like them in every game, including at home against the the Seahawks. I don't know yeah. how long that's how long the Seahawks. Oh, um, they, they, they have the week seventeen at Vegas. There could be like four Raiders fans at that game as they prepare, or maybe like like Howie Long is the head coach there by 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 that, by that time of the season. Like who are they gonna who are the Raiders gonna bring back to be interim coach? Like who's the the funniest person like they could bring oh, back. I've advocated for Otis Sistrom just for the look. Yeah, they, he predates <laughs> you, but their old defensive tackle, number 60, Otis Sistrom with the bald head and the goatee. He used to do the commercial for I get Barbasol or whichever one shaving <sighs> his head. Um, I it just I mean, it, it would be worth three points right there when he stands like who, across from me on the sideline. Who would be just like I mean, people said Charles Woodson would be the head coach. It would be like a, a, a kind of a Jeff Saturday type, right, to be the head coach. Um, bring Robert Gallery back. <laughs> okay, Gallery. That's a, that's a good one. Well, by the way, let's get into that now. Well, how would you do as a head coach? I probably terrible. I'm not, I don't know. My, I, I no well, you're always with the spoon online. Anybody yeah, I mean, look, who uses Twitter I, knows look, Jeff Schwartz and his spoon. Although you got to use the spoon part. You use the wrong end of it. I get the bit that the spoon, it, it, you know, the, you the, the oval shape covers too much up, but anything. I think you got to angle it. You can't see anything. If you use this part of the spoon, I also yeah. take it to my pointer now because I changed my setup a little bit, so it's easier to, to, to control the film. So I taped the spoon now to the pointer so I could use my computer. <laughs> Give me a like, bite. What? Give well, me I mean, a bite. I, but it's another way around. It doesn't work that way. This this part's I on know. the on the end. Um, look, I mocked the Colts for the hiring of Jeff Saturday. I didn't really mock Saturday. I mean, I think like any player in the, in the instance would take that phone call. Oh, oh okay, cool. I'll come coach your team. Um, I did not think it would work. I also think it's quite interesting how they like bench Matt Ryan and then fire Frank Reich. And then like, Oh yeah, Jeff start Matt Ryan again. Why not? Who's clearly the better quarterback. I mean, you remember like three weeks ago before they bench Matt Ryan, it was like this, the, 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 uh, the stories came out. Scouts believe his arm is shot. Uh, he's just can't play football anymore. Benched him. Frank Reich, they fired the OC and then they, they, and they put Sam Elger in there. He plays like terrible fire. And then all of a sudden Matt Ryan's back now. Um, kind of interesting how that how Ursula played that. That is a very weird, that's a weird wrinkle to it. And by the way, from everything I've ever heard from people who play football, your arm doesn't go. It, it's in fact your legs that go, right? It's, I mean, I, don't I, think it's bo- I think it's both are true. I mean, but uh, yes, your legs definitely, you can't use your lower half as much. You can't throw the ball as well. Um, I was impressed, man. Like they, they called a good game. The team played hard. I never looked at the Colts as not being motivated to play, though. Like, that was never the, the thing I thought was quote, wrong with them. Um, but let's acknowledge, too, the Raiders stink. Like, they are bad. Um, 
I saw the the car emotional part after the game, and and I just thought like they're just in a bad place, right? Like they're in a bad. Your quarterback is on the podium sharing his emotions, which is I don't whatever. That's great. Share your emotions. I'm not really knocking car for that. But your your franchise quarterback at the podium, like guys, we're not playing hard enough. Like we're not doing the things we need to do to win these games. Um, but in the, in the other essence, I'm like, well, then go win the game, Car. Like, make plays. Like, be the dude. Like, that's why they're paying you, right? Like, I get it. Maybe guys aren't buying in, but you're paid to make them believe, right? Like, you're the quarterback. You're the leader. Make it happen. And make it happen. Isn't that, uh, but the pushback on that is it's really – and I, I felt like he was kind of being generous by saying, like, hey, Josh McDaniels has won a lot more than I ever have. Well, the, but I think yeah, he's also was, pointing the finger matter, at McDaniels, like, right? But he won as an OC. Like he won, he was in charge of that team. That was Bill's team. And he didn't win. He won one year in Denver with that weird Tebow year where they won a game, but Tebow was two for eight as a passer. Like, come on, get out of here. Um, God, that that touchdown pass in that playoff game. I know it's your Steelers. Like, I just can't believe he threw that ball. Like, it's like the best pass of Tebow's entire career. Just happened to catch the Steelers at the, the worst time possible. Um, I can't believe he won that game. Like, is that the worst quarterback to ever win a playoff game? Uh, that's a great question, and I think the answer might be <laughs> yes, but that was a part of that one magical year there. And I, I, I'm not going to indulge that but, conversation. But, I'm but, on the happy, I'm no, on the happy vibes now. Oh, hey, hey, I, I like, picked the Steelers to win this week. That was my favorite wager. I was like, what? The Saints are favored in New Orleans? I mean, in, in Pittsburgh? Like, what are we do? What? What? What's happening here? Yeah, well, I do want to get into some of these funny numbers that are out there for the for the coming week of pro football and early look at those. But real quick, I a couple theories I shared last week. I came up with one. I think Belichick doesn't actually want assistant coaches, but he has them there as bait for the other 31 teams. And he knows somebody will think like, Every year, somebody will step up and be like, maybe we should get one of Belichick's acolytes. This keeps happening with zero evidence that it'll ever work. And so he puts these these figureheads out there that he knows are dopes in the hopes that somebody else will be duped into hiring them. And every year it works out. Belichick wins again. Uh, but I also think the Bill Cower thing in the pregame on Sunday. Get angry. And it's a disgrace. And Joe Thomas, longtime pro football player, these two guys are are are, are swell fellas. I, I've had I've had yeah. uh, limited exchanges with both these guys. They goes out saying no infinitely more about football than I do. But this thing about like this is the most egregious thing that ever happened to pro football from Joe Thomas and Bill Cower with like it's a disgrace and all of that. I think everybody's mad that Jeff Saturday may lay bare the reality that that football guys like the excuse of being away from home. And if Jeff Saturday makes it like, oh, I can just breeze in here and, yeah. and, and win games. Now oh. it's like all those late night excuses are, are now taken away from you back at home. Yeah. Fair? Yeah. I wasn't that upset about Saturday's hiring. I do feel like the 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 criticism of passing up other candidates is definitely fair. Like if you have worked your way up and you're Marcus Brady, you get fired like the week before when this would be basically your job. I, I those are fair criticisms of this hire. Absolutely agree. Um, but the idea of like Bill Coward worked his way up, right? Like most coaches, you know, you you do the 
jobs, right? You get paid no, no money, you're an assistant, and each year you kind of climb the ladder, you climb, and then boom, you get the head coaching job, right? And Jeff Saturday didn't have to do any of that. And I get why that would piss people off. Um, and um, when Joe Thomas told that story, my thought was like, maybe Trojinski should see his kids more. Like, I, it, wasn't, it wasn't like, like oh, well, Jeff Saturday doesn't put the time. It's like, I kind of feel like Chud put too much time into this. Like, that was my takeaway. It was like, I, I would see my kids more if I was a head coach. Was that your takeaway? I'm like, I don't – he sees his kids once a week. Like, you can't find yourself more time on a Saturday, a post-game, Friday. He said Friday afternoon he sees his kids. I get during the week. Monday through Thursday might be tough. But I feel like you could, Bruce Arians had a rule, like, you're home by 7. Dude could coach football. So it, it's It's very similar to the approach to sitcom writers rooms that it's always like, Oh, you got to burn the midnight oil. I got to refine the script and, and, and sweat over every syllable on those pages week after week till two 30 AM. If that's what it takes, if it's an all nighter to get that script in shape. And then all of a sudden Phil Rosenthal comes along with, uh, and Ray Romano with everybody loves Raymond and Rosenthal establishes like, we say goodnight at 5 p.m. and we walk out the door. I think The Simpsons is a little bit like that, too, from what I've heard. And it just blows the the, the those excuses out of the water. And people, yes. there's some percentage of people that don't like that they can create a hit. But, but, I, but I don't think uh, by, but I don't by living think, like human beings. But I don't think I do not think the problem is like that Cower is like, well, he, he didn't put that. It's more the thing about the I think climbing up the ladder. Right. Like he didn't put that time in, not the amount of hours per day that he's actually in, in, in the facility. I remember a story, I was at the Panthers and um, I asked the co- our offensive line coach one time, you know, like, what time do you get to go home? He's like, whenever the head coach leaves. I'm like, what What if the head coach, like, it was Foxy, and Foxy's a good coach. That's not not an on Foxy, but he's a football guy, old school football guy. Work, you know, every day till midnight. I was like, well, what if you're done at like eight? He's like, yeah, I'm just, just like sit in our office till Fox leaves. I was like, what? <laughs> What? Like, what, are, what are you, if you're done, you're done. What more do you have to do? Um, it's, uh, yeah, I, I don't, so I just think it's more about the time, the, the grinding the time than it is like actual how many hours you spend there. But yeah, the thing with Joe was, I just thought to myself like, man, Chud should, should have seen his family more often. Like that was but my by takeaway. The way, my, my takeaway was this was almost as funny as when Mark Brunel wept on TV about the flate gate that he, he felt betrayed by Tom Brady or whatever he wept about. Bill Cower getting choked up that this is a discre- – I mean, take your job seriously. Good for you. This was hysterical to me. This was ridiculous. That this is the most – this is the disgrace. Are you aware of the stuff that's happened in pro football and this was the disgrace? This is what you get on the microphone to, to, like, to, like to get choked up about? That was pretty funny. Is it, is it currently like – Daniel Snyder more of a disgrace? Like, isn't that like? I, I think like, that's a good place to start. Yeah. yeah. How about how about how about the brands? How about the, them yeah. on purpose <laughs> signing Deshaun Watson? Those are two disgraces in a long list of disgraces <laughs> that that go ahead of them hiring Jeff Saturday in what appears to be a lost season and, for the Colts again, I, for the I, back I, half of the season. I want to I want to bring like I think it's, you're you're very validated if you have the thought about them passing up minority candidates instead of him. Like I get that. That's very valid. Sure. And. And that should be discussed. And I think it was discussed last week. I did on my podcast as well. But this, the Cower stuff and the Thomas stuff, 
it was a lot. It was a bit. Well, that's the, the the problem with 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 the Rooney rule is if they decide to remove like what you know they win enough that they're like yeah we're going to stick with Jeff Saturday in twenty twenty three then they're skirting the Rooney rule and I don't know how you make that right like yeah we're going to keep Saturday but we will still interview. I, I don't um, know, I, I don't know that, what the I feel like the Rooney rule it's kind of not doing what it intended to do anymore and I I don't know like what the answer is for that. Um, like, I think the token interview stuff to me kind of bothers me. Like I get the idea is to, is to, I think, get people in the rooms and interview and, and get them interview skills. Cause the interviews are different, obviously right. for like a coach. And, but like, I feel like it's just kind of like a slap in the face. Sometimes like you get an interview just because, you know, you're getting the interview. I, I, I don't, Unless you're getting surf and turf for mate for the effort. Like at yeah, least like, let's do this interview at the fanciest restaurant in town. I, I guess otherwise I'm not getting on the plane to head over but, there. But for real, I do but does hear it what feel you're like saying. you like it feels like it kind of just doesn't serve the purpose anymore that it that it did. Um because because I think like and people have said this before, I mean, it starts at like the coordinate coordinator level, quarterback coach level, and and whatnot. So but yeah, the the part about not having to use the Rooney rule for interim status. Um, you know, obviously allowed him to hire Saturday with a phone call. Like, can you imagine that call where it says like, hey, Jeff, hey, hey, what's up, man? Um, do you want to come coach our team? And he's like, sure. All right. Hey, hon, we're going to coach the Colts. <laughs> hey, guess what? Dude, cool news. Uh, I, I think it's uh, I, I think it fits neatly that uh, perhaps Josh McDaniels can fill Jeff Saturday's seat. As soon as possible I, well, on the no, ESPN. Oh, no, he will be hired right back for the Patriots. He'll be their OC yeah. like immediately after. Um, he'll be their OC immediately after uh, he gets fired by the by the Raiders. Like he'll just go back and he'll just do it this year. Even like, I'd be like, all right, peace. I'm out of here. Right back to New England. Um, real quick, I want to look at some of these lines because there's some wild ones out there. Early look at these Rams Saints. Everybody, I think, probably immediately thinks of the uh, what was that 2018 NFC title game? History swings on a terrible call, missed call by the officials there. But how about this? The Rams are plus three at Bum New Orleans. They're an atrocity, the Saints, and they're laying three for the defending world champs. That's crazy. Um, what do you think of the Bungles giving five to the Steelers in high Zacker on Sunday too? That game has been flexed out of prime time. I wonder if NBC, if they could go back in time, could w- would want that game back in prime time. I suspect they would now that where, the where is it? Where is it at? It's in Pittsburgh. I I feel like that. It, in Pittsburgh, you know, they're now three and six. I keep saying they're certainly going to go over five and a half wins over the uh, uh, for the for the season here. And I hope everybody listened to me in laying that bet. Um, but I I this is like if they if the Steelers win this one, people are going to start buzzing about uh, the, within Pittsburgh that the Steelers maybe have something. I don't know. What do you think of the uh, of the Bengals coming out of the bye there? Can they catch fire here? Um, are you surprised by the the semi lousy O line play after they invested as much as they did in that? Where are the Bengals as a factor in the AFC playoff hunt going forward now? Um, I'm not surprised about the offensive line um, because I, I I think they went they kind of. 
I, I just I'm not I'm not the person offensive line. I feel like they could have gone a little bit a little bit differently. Like it just hmm. and, and I think that the Joe Burrow, the idea too, like just Joe likes he just doesn't care about sacks. Like it's just kind of an odd thing where it just he's like, you know, the comment last year, like sacks, I just I feel like you just don't want to get hit. Like you want to avoid getting hit as much as possible if you're a quarterback. That's kind of my thought on it. Uh the Bengals are gonna be interesting. Yeah, they're, they're gonna be feisty. Um the Steelers, though. Like their superpower is, is TJ Watt, man. Like they don't, That's it's just right. a different team with, with him. And you mentioned this plenty of times when he got hurt. Like he's the most important player. That's not a quarterback, maybe in the NFL. I mean, I, we've never seen the Rams without Donald. I don't think so. It's hard to kind of tell, like maybe, maybe Donald's that guy, but like they just, they're a different team. They're a different team. Um, Who's the rookie? Who's the other running back they're playing? I didn't watch much of the game this week. They're playing the other. Jalen Warren is a nice, uh, is yeah. a nice change of back, a change of pace back for him. He's yeah. he's a little bit of a banger too. He's got a little Maurice Jones Drew to him. That's giving him too high a praise, probably. But yeah, I mean, it all like the offensive line is starting to come together and everything else. But yes, it all pivots on, as I say, the Jenga piece. You yeah. remove T.J. Watt, it shouldn't be a surprise to anybody that the whole yeah. thing collapsed on him. They're a different team with him. I'll tell you another candidate for the Jenga piece that you can't remove from the equation and then the whole thing implodes, Jamar Chase. If he's not back, I think that the Bengals um, aren't in great shape too, but the Browns are plus nine. This is their season. I think any, you know, talk about disgraces. If they lose that, I think um, you can you can close the book on the Deshaun Watson. Like it'll be an irrelevant, uh, it'll be an irrelevant thing by the time he gets back for this season, at least. So that's good news at Buffalo. But do you run. like Buffalo? Yeah, but but do you like Buffalo now? Are you concerned? I I feel like it's a blip that we'll look back on. Like, oh yeah, yeah. remember when Josh Allen was struggling there in the middle of the season? Have you seen um, how many touchdowns they've scored since week six? How many second half touchdowns they've scored since week six? Mm, no, I haven't. Zero. Zero. Really? Wow. Yeah. yeah. So your concern level is moderate to high? Yeah. It's interesting. I was, you know, if you kind of follow some people that cover Buffalo, there's kind of some question now about whether we're seeing a little bit of the Brian Dable loss kind of showing up hmm. on this team as we get deeper in the season. But the Allen red zone turnovers, man, like what 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 happened? What, what happened to like Josh Allen the last two years, like this is he's going backwards in the red zone. It's kind of odd. If he just stops doing that, they're going to be fine. Um, man, that game yesterday, the fumble at the goal line. I've never seen that before. Um, what a game. What a, and then the wide receiver clearly dropped that pass, right? Like we're not even in agreement. It was it was not even a catch. Gabe Davis, it was bizarre that they, I mean, that the, the officials continue to impact these games negatively with their bizarre calls. Same thing happened in Sunday night football with the ejection. Um, the ejection was so weird. Okay. So one, one last thing about officiating. It seemed like yesterday. Oh, so I have argued, I'll start with this. I have argued for a while. I do not like the way we call helmet to helmets. In, especially in college football, but in the NFL, because we don't take nuance into it, right? Where I remember there was one, a, a Dolphins player went up to catch a football and the defender was coming to hit him in, in the chest area, right? To knock the ball out. The, the, the receiver doesn't catch the football. And as he kind of doesn't catch the ball, he gets hit in the head by, as he's falling down, right? Okay. And, or, or was it, he might even have been hit in the head. It was like a defenseless, it was a defenseless guy getting hit. But my point is that, if he caught the ball, though, he's not defend when, when the when the wide when, when when the defender goes to hit him, he thinks he's going to catch the football. He's trying to dislodge the football from the guy. 
if the wide receiver drops the ball, the defender can't stop hitting him once he tries to hit him. That's a 15-yard penalty? I'm not even sure I hit him in the head in this instance. I like hit him in the side. They call him defenseless. I'm like, well, yeah, because he dropped the football. That's not the defender's fault. Okay. So yesterday, though, it seemed like they started talking about that all of a sudden. In, in, in the Chiefs game, Juju gets knocked out, helmet to helmet. The defender did not launch himself, really. He kind of just, he didn't. Like, his flagrant as you see in the past. But it was helmet to helmet. In every other game for 15 years, that's been a penalty. But all of a sudden, they're like, well, that's not a penalty all of a sudden. And then last night, they're talking, um, the guy in the, whoever, Terry McCauley, is that, who the ref is like, well, uh, they're like talking about nuance. I'm like, since when is this ever talked about? We just, we, I, I was shocked. The bang, bang, watch it at full speed. Watch it, at, uh, you know, if you break it down, you can you can see that subtly the defender is launching himself with the assumption of where Herbert's going to wind up. And his teammate deflects Herbert just enough that it changes where Herbert is. His head drops ever so slightly so that it goes helmet to helmet. But at full speed, the idea that any NFL defender running four five towards another guy who's running four six in his direction would be able to modify his launch angle midair is, is so absurd. Like I know you you want to get the helmet with the helmet stuff out of there. Good they on you. They but threw him out of the game. The, the ejection, <laughs> right? The, it's like, the ejection. We- it's crazy, but I. I don't, I don't share the cynicism about the Bills, but if this costs them home field and they have to run through Arrowhead or Baltimore for that matter, and Baltimore has a very breezy back half upcoming here. So the Bills' losses feel like it doesn't, I don't think it changes their profile as one of the borderline best teams in the league, but it might impact their seeding in the AFC, and that might be everything for them if they have to go out on the road rather than running everything through Buffalo. Certainly with the new structure, that number one seed, it was wonky in 2021. So I wonder if we have a warped sense of the number one seed only having to play two games versus even the second seed having to play three games. That didn't, the the two one seeds went out immediately last year. So I think that we don't consider it that big a factor, but Consider that the preceding decade, if you had one of those buys, you almost certainly um, were Super Bowl bound. Right. In fact, I don't know if it was 100% that it if was you like had for, one of the top For like seasons. eight years, it was like only the buy teams made it. So I think, like I say, I think we have a little bit of a warped sense of like, ah, you don't have to have that to get to the Super Bowl. Obviously, you don't, it's not a requirement, but I do think it's going to be a, a big factor because I don't think there's a, you know, the Chiefs are are great. The Bills are great. The Ravens are tracking towards being great with that pass rush starting to heat up for them. But there's just, just no great team. They're not, and, and who I do like is the Miami Dolphins. I like the Dolphins quite a bit, Schwartz. I think that that's the team that remains the one that isn't fully respected there. My, my hypothesis is that two are going down for those three, four weeks kind of got got the attention away from them of how good they are but when he's in there they they would by the way they would be they would be alone in first place in the AFC East if Tua never had gotten hurt there i think that's the team that people aren't buzzing nearly enough about how say you uh yeah i think people still look at um that team and think that the winning is more about Tyreek Hill than it is maybe Tua and a lot of times i think when we preview these games we think about 
well, how the quarterback going to play? You mentioned the the Bills. Oh, we talked about Josh Allen, Kansas City, talking about Mahomes, Ravens, Lamar, the Bengals, Joe Burrow. But with the Dolphins, That's right. it's all about. You're right. It's all because we've gotten used to for 20 years that it's all about yeah. who your QB is and how far he's going to drag you. But in 2022, that premise has been disrupted at least for half of one pro football season. Having the superstar QB is not the is not a guarantee of anything, and you can still win games even if you don't have the superstar QB. Yeah. So, but again, now. Does this matter in the playoffs, right? Like that's where this matters is that um, if things aren't going on the playoffs, is Tua going to be that guy? Plus, I think that people don't look at the Dolphins' defense as like anything special. But Chubb played well yesterday. He was a big help um, on that defense. If they can blitz less and get home more with just four, that'll make them better. Um, but I just look at, I think, again, like where does Tua rank as far as AFC quarterbacks right now? That's how people view, I think, the chances for each team to, to make a Super Bowl run. And the betting You know how I regard more. it? Tell me this. I know this is this is hyperbolic adjacent, but maybe by mid-February it won't seem so. I think what two is is Kurt Warner at the dawn of the millennium. I think that like this combo of Mark, like just like Kurt Warner plus Mike Martz, yeah, plus some yeah. high end pass catchers equals unstoppable offense that the rest of the league is kind of like, what, what are we supposed to do here? I think that's the case with these Dolphins interrupted for one month by the concussion stuff with two. If that didn't happen, that would be the story of the NFL, not Geno Smith or anything else. I think what we'd be talking about is like Mike McDaniel and Tua and those fast receivers and no one can handle yeah. them. I think that's how we would be talking, right? Or no? I, I think, um, yes, but I also think it's tough at times for us to pick teams we haven't seen do it before. That's right. And because the NFL is very rare. Like the Eagles run in 2017 is very rare, especially the last 20 years. We're like Ravens as well. I mean, there's some couple examples of that, right? Where it's like all of a sudden the Giants to some extent like that in 07, but in 11, like they were kind of established as like a team that's, you know, playoff team and whatnot. And so a lot of us have trouble with the idea of like the Dolphins going and beating some combination of like Buffalo, Kansas City, and Baltimore in the playoffs. You're like, Ugh. It can certainly happen, but a lot of us are like, yeah, I, I kind of got to see them play one playoff game with Tua, right? I, before I decide, a deficit of imagination—that's what you call that in the sure. in the right now league. This is not the NBA where you build towards it. Everybody who does this thing, like people in Pittsburgh, are all about Dave. What's you talking about? It'd be better for the Steelers to just lose out and get a top five pick. It's like, I don't know what this pining for the future is well, about. This is not Major League Baseball where you trade right now for future draft picks or anything. Yeah. I, I I just don't agree with that. Play for you play for right now because that's all you, the the way things change in football is very different than the way yeah. you know baseball or basketball sort of flow. That's the way the NFL goes. The Bengals, you say like ah, these teams that come out of nowhere. The Bengals did it one year ago. They came out of nowhere. Yeah. Um. Um. I, to me, like that's just kind of the why people aren't picking them right now. Is that it? Just it's hard to think they're going to win all those games. Okay, last last couple things here. I've held you up way too long. I said 20 minutes tops or shame the devil, and now we've exceeded that. Couple things. 
Cowboys at Vikes. I'm talking about these funny lines to me. Cowboys are at Minnesota. The Vikings just go into Buffalo, have a signature win in what's been a dynamite season so far, talking about we can't fully embrace this team. But the Cowboys haven't really done anything to make us believers, too. And yet the Vikes are a home dog. It's only two. It's a little weird to me that the Cowboys are given points there. And then the other one that's funny is the Lions. Okay, fun little blip for for Detroit and I'm happy that Bills at Lions presents as a as a nice appetizer on Thanksgiving morning for me but they're they're only three they're only uh plus three and a half at the Giants which which one of those is what am I missing about either or both of those games you know the Lions should be will the stretch be closer no, I think the I mean, what of the giant? What more do the Giants need to do for people to buy into them a little bit? And same goes for the Vikes. Yeah. I mean, I think these are so you, these are both so relevant know, teams well, here. So you know, the, you know, the, you know, the lines are made by power ratings, right? By the Vegas, you know, they have their little power ratings and whatnot. Um, and the Giants just aren't like that high in the power rankings. Like, what do they do really well? They're very well coached. They play hard. But those aren't things you can measure, really, right? Like, that's not things that you you can – and so that's why I think the Giants aren't getting their respect. Well, the Lions have a functional offense. Like, they're good at offense. Like, that that's something you could actually, like, put a number to. Very good at offense. Um, but, yeah, defensively, they're terrible. The Giants should win this game going away, just the way the Giants – You know what it is? As I'm doing the math on it, I think – Rookie head coach, when you don't know exactly what that guy's going to do as the head man. Obviously, Josh McDaniels is a bad example of that. Nathaniel Hackett is a bad example of that combo. But you you kind of are a mystery. Russell Wilson plus Nathaniel Hackett in Denver, I assumed, well, that's going to work out. But also, the league doesn't know what to expect from these guys, from these combos of things. And Dimes plus Dable plus an enhanced roster around that equals success. We're just not buying it because we didn't anticipate it. It's it's yeah, self-validation, right? But I think the I think the roster's just not that good around them right now. That's why I give Brian Dable a lot of credit. Remember before the season, I keep going back to this. Joe Shane, the general manager, like a week, the week of the season was like, hey guys, um don't hold this year against us. Like we might not be any good <laughs> because the roster's not good. So I give him credit for Playing the way they have, and they're—I mean—they're going to win at least ten games. I mean, they have the pretty, pretty simple schedule. I think you know they, they play the Commanders twice. Split oh, that. I like the Commies. As a matter of fact, I don't think that's—I don't think that's a walkover for the, anybody. So, so the Commies are going to get their butts whooped by the Eagles tonight. But the reason why is because Heineke's just not good enough to win these games. He's playing good enough to beat the Giants. Like that's the—they just, they just at some point you're like, yeah. This running around, making plays, nonsense works against bad teams, but eventually it's like the Eagles, you just can't do that. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I think the Giants are going to win 10 games. It'd be crazy. They're going to be a five seed going to Tampa Bay probably in the playoffs, and nobody is going to wager on the Giants at all in that game. Hmm. I th- by the way, see, that's your middle Thanksgiving game. Giants at Cowboys. Uh, that's a juicy one. Okay, so give us real quick. Is there a mirage out there? Leave us with a with a, a sprinkle of some cynicism. Who's going away? What's been a nice story halfway through now, a little bit beyond, and who's who's about but who's about to disappear? I think Tom Brady and the Bucks. I think people are starting to round in. They're like they're not a world beater, they but they're going to yeah. win that. 
they're going to win that lousy division. Are the Seahawks sustainable? Are they going to fail? You're, yeah, it sounds I like think, you're saying the Jets are going to go. I mean, it's the it's the Jets probably. Oh, the Jets, not the yeah. Jets. No, the Jets. Their quarterback is Zach Wilson. Like he's he is. I thought he had turned the corner yeah. in Pittsburgh when he stole that game um, a month or so ago. Probably anyway, them. listen. Um, that's probably the team that I think like will fade the most. If they're in a good playoff spot now, they're probably going to fade out of that before the season's over. Real quick before you go, uh, Eddie Spaghetti, jump in, because I always like when you two get to kibitz here. Jeff Schwartz is a real fan, and I like that um, about him. But sometimes it's led to some discord when you say bad about the Giants. Are you okay with what Jeff Schwartz just said? Do you have any pushback? Or are you Are you like, no one outside our locker room believes in us? Welcome to it, Jeff Schwartz. This is a, <clears throat> this year is completely, it's just all gravy. Whatever the Giants do, and they, if they win like double-digit games, great. If they make the playoffs, great. If they lose their first round in the playoffs, great. Like it, There's nothing that could go wrong with how the season went. Just such a wildly different, um, you know, regular season than I've dealt with since the playoff loss uh, to Green Bay in 2016. So like I said, I'm really, I'm really not upset with anything. What can I be upset about? It's been awesome. Ed, Eddie. Well, I, I'll piss off Eddie. Maybe not. Okay. Good. Do not good. re-sign Saquon Barkley. Do not do it. Don't. Talking about, it never works. Don't do it. This is not tag the him. This is tag not the outlier. Him. This is not the outlier. This is not like the one guy. Don't do it. Just don't do it. Do you tag? Okay. But do you no. tag him no. or do you tag dimes or do you sign dimes long-term? Oh, geez. And same goes for the Seahawks. So, They're both getting into this I, I, weird spot. So it's this like, are what, we going to so see a thing? If, if you're giving me the option here, I would I would tag Barkley because the number is probably low, and I would go draft a quarterback. Like you're asking me if I had to tag one or the other. Tag that's what Dimes. I would do. No, tag, no. tag Barkley. Because it would be a lower number than Dimes and get a, get a young quarterback. Because you need a young quarterback anyway. So if, if this is the year to get one that's a big quarterback class and you have a good draft pick, get them. Well, I – I think that what's going to be interesting this offseason is Dimes and Gino are two guys who you're winning games with these guys, and you're going to have a tough call to make because now the the we've accepted, or at least I have, it seems like most uh, most of pro football is accepted. Like, yeah, if you got the guy, you got to give him $50 million to no, keep no. him there. But I think like Gino and Dimes are going to like be in these spots of like, yeah. I'll do it for 20 million, like 25 million. You yeah. keep me for that. That's more affordable. Or they're, are you going to go into the draft? They're such different quarterbacks though. Like they're winning different ways. To me, if you're Seattle, I would give Gino like a two-year deal, draft a quarterback and let, you know, the quarterback sit for a year and give Gino a one-for-one one deal. Um, but if you're Daniel Jones, they're not winning because of his arm that often. Like the, the Seahawks, Gino's making some great throws. Um, that's what I would do. If you ask me the option, I would tag Barkley for one more year See if he can stay one more year healthy, and I'll probably let him walk and get another running back and, and go quarterback in this draft. I think that's right. My my thing is uh, tag as the exception. You don't the the mistake is the long term deal, long term second contract for I your mean, running back. The, the, the running back is. tag can't be that much, right? It's probably one of the cheaper ones there is. Not in tight end. I'm I'm not trying to make you mad or anything. I think the Chiefs are good. But they are not some juggernaut, and these massive home point no spreads a, no, that they, no they a, finally are covering that they, no they finally a, no get no one's a juggernaut this year, right? That's all my point. People are like, "You hate the Chiefs." I'm like, "I don't hate the Chiefs. I just think that oh, these double-digit home numbers 
are, you, all you have to do is look at them. They're not covering them. So, you know, they're fair, great. Though, they're you good. have picked the Chargers for 11 straight years to win that division. So I get why Chiefs fans are a little bit upset about that. That was the old me. I've moved on. I, we broke up and I wish the Chargers nothing but the best. I want them to be happy in their new life. And I, <laughs> I and I assume they wish the same for me. I wish the same for you, Jeff Schwartz. You, I buddy. wish everybody listening to Jeff Schwartz is smarter than you because you will, in fact, wind up smarter than your friends if you listen to Jeff Schwartz. FS1, Fox Sports, all the great work over there. Um, your gangbusters, uh, Pally. Uh, let's catch up sooner rather than later. All right, buddy. Take care. Thanks for having me. And now a quick break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. There he goes. The great Jeff Schwartz, everybody. Um, all right. Eddie Spaghetti. Let's wrap it up right there. That was uh, an interesting conversation there. As always, a little bit longer than I expected there. Um, anything stand out to you? Well, I, I want to just say too about the Giants, and and Jeff is kind of correct that you know Daniel Jones doesn't win games with his arm all the time. Although I will say it's versus the Texans, but he did have a, a few nice throws, two nice touchdown passes yesterday. But the MVP for the Giants, and I tweeted this: what Dexter Lawrence, you know, besides Saquon Barkley, Dexter Lawrence was the best player in the field for both teams. And it, you know, you remember the, that Clemson D line, the Cleveland Farrell, Austin Bryan, sure. Carson Wilkins, Dexter Lawrence, Dexter Lawrence then you know, back in Clemson was good. Dexter Lawrence was their best defensive lineman on that team. And then he somehow was the third one taken the NFL because these draft guys, as you always make fun of overthink it, they're like, he's a two down defensive player. I mean, he was impactful as a Aaron Donald, as a Von Miller, TJ Watt, those kind of guys like where he had like five quarterback pressures, like four quarterback hits, a tip pass, like fumble, a force fumble, like just an, an insane game from him. Um, so he he was as good as it gets. But like I said, Saquon Barkley did have the 35 carries, 150 yards. I understand running backs are not valued, but I will say having a guy that's that dynamic is part of what makes his team good. And I think it's easier said than done to just to be like, oh yeah, put it, bring in a, uh, you know, a league average running back. The results won't be the same. And that's the one thing I agree. It's I know, but it's a real, but you completely get the, the cap situation. You, you know, the recent history of these big time running backs, Derrick Henry is kind of disproving what has emerged is true is like, don't give any guy, whoever he is a second contract. Derrick Henry is kind of offsetting that with his performance, but yeah, it sets up to be a really interesting year based on being victims of their 
2022 success, these gents. And I think the same kind of goes for the Seahawks. So interesting stuff. there. always fascinating with, uh, with pro football, whatever's going on. Uh, there's always something to kibitz about. And uh, we appreciate our guy, Jeff Schwartz joining us to break it down another crazy weekend. And by the way, college football, um, setting up to be a pretty interesting home stretch too. I had completely forgotten about the victory bell game. Damashek wins again. That's right. Home jerseys. You're welcome world uh, for that aesthetic upgrade. All right. Eddie Spaghetti. We'll get out of here, but make sure everybody gets over to Extra Points. Check it out. ExtraPoints.com. Find all the great shows there. Eddie Spaghetti and Jen Piacente on Waiver Wired. On Tuesday, we got Mr. Lister coming at you. Extra points a couple of times upcoming against all odds. Covered in glory. Megan Fun of Sports. They're all out there for you. Lemon Pepper Parlay. Check them all out. And um, and I guess with that being said, we'll kibitz with our guy Hench in a couple of days. Until then, thanks so much, sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. 